Welcome to the CFX Connections Podcast. CFX is your connection to church leadership, AVL technology, facilities, and operations. Our goal is to provide church volunteers and personnel with practical resources for education, training, and connection with others serving their church's ministry. My name is Keith Farron, and I'll be hosting this month's podcast. In case you and I haven't met, I'm an author and a speaker and a messaging and communication coach. But today we're focused on Mark McDonald. We're going to be talking about focus groups and how they're an essential communications tool. Mark, for 30 plus years, has worked in branding, advertising, and communication. He's now focusing on helping churches communicate effectively as a brand strategist best-selling author, engaging speaker, and heart of a teacher, consultant with his agency, Be Known for Something. He also serves as Executive Director of Center for Church Communication. Mark, welcome to the CFX Connections Podcast. Wow, I'm glad you memorized all of that just so that you knew who I was. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. So yeah, you you and I met online, and then we've met in person a few times, and now here we are doing this. Man, every time I connect with you, I just love it. So. Well, and it's interesting because a lot of people who are are tuning in and listening to this, I got to meet them last year at CFX, uh, and everyone who was there last year knows that it really is the place to go. And I'm really looking forward to the one coming up in just a, a, a few short weeks. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I love it when people that you connect with online, you get to meet in person. And so yes, yes. I certainly loved it when I was speaking at an event in Jacksonville and you and I got to hang out and have some barbecue and spend some I time in the we, sun. We have a we have another opportunity coming up here. So I'm yes, looking indeed. forward to it. And I'm <laughs> looking forward to meeting people in Dallas. Uh, I mean, and I, I mean, it shouldn't be as a... a uh, a big promotional thing, but I mean, October 24th and 26th, uh, I mean, I'm hoping that every person that's listening to this is going to be there at CFX. For sure. But we're going to focus because the title of this whole thing is about <laughs> focus groups. So if you and I don't focus, <laughs> we're going to get in big trouble. <laughs> that's true. So, hey. so I mean, focus groups, just so that we kind of level set, we have the same kind of lingo. How do you describe what, how do you explain what a focus group is? You know, it's interesting because that word focus, uh, it just really is focusing on a particular group. So um, in order to do a good focus group and, you know, define what a focus group is, it's just really a stereotypical small group of uh, people who you can pretty much know why they're grouped together. So oftentimes, if you leave it too random, it's probably not going to be a great focus group. Uh, it's better to have you know, a clustering of people based upon something like demographics or psychographics or location from the church, or um, there just needs to be a, a reason for them to be grouped together. So it's really, it's a small group, and I would say eight to 10 people, and uh, and it's that they want to get together for a particular reason and focus on it. Okay, now, when I hear focus groups, you know, I've participated in a few, but 
But the ones that I kind of typically hear about, that I think about, that come to my mind when I hear that phrase focus groups are focus groups on a, a new kind of yogurt that's coming out or focus groups on what gadgets should be in a car or something like that. Now, you're focused on why churches should use focus groups. So I'd, I'd love for you to unpack that a little bit. Why should churches use focus groups? Because I haven't heard of that happening very much. Well, and it's interesting because, um, you know, you and I both talk a lot about communications. Mm -hmm. And in order for me to understand what I'm supposed to say to a group of people, I kind of have to know what the group of people are. And, and oftentimes the church, um, we lose sight of the fact that effective communication rises and falls on how well you know your audience. Mm -hmm. So Amen. I just implore pastors, implore ministry leaders to know their audience. And, and the way that we can know our audience is we have to identify our audience. And we really ultimately in the church have two audiences, an internal audience and an external audience. That internal audience uh, is the congregation. Mm -hmm. The external audience is the community. And, and the more you clearly define both of those groups, the, the better. And the way we define the you know, that external group, the community, uh, you know, I, I strongly urge churches to go through a demographic process so that they can get some good, solid demographic information uh, about their community. But the way you can really, really determine, you know, the, that, that internal audience, the, that congregation, like, what does it mean to be the congregation of your church? It's through focus groups. And it's really um, a matter of figuring out, so how can we segment that group into smaller groups and, and sit down with them and have a conversation with them to, to determine, you know, what are their needs, concerns, and goals so that we can become solutions or a path to the goals. Okay, so somebody's listening to this, they're on staff of the church, they work with the church, volunteer at this church, they they want to start picturing well how have how have other churches done this how what have been their success stories so so in in your work and how you've worked with churches that have actually implemented this use of focus groups what are some of the success stories you've seen in how churches have used focus groups to you know, determining their their fit in their communities and how to serve them better and what their communities even like. So I'd love to hear somewhere between 48 and 49 success stories. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So or, or or two to three. Okay, good, good. <laughs> so the interesting thing about focus groups is that you want to you want to set up focus groups in the best way possible so that people will share. And what I've discovered is that if you if you use a leader of the church, so if a pastor decides, you know what, I'm going to sit down with a group of people and ask them, so what do you think of the preaching? It's, you're just not going to get a, a great read from, because they're all going to give you the right answer. Right. And what I've also discovered is that if you ask a church audience for for a uh, an answer, they'll always give you the 
the Sunday school answer, you know, what they really believe should be said. So, so do whatever it takes to get them comfortable to the point where they'll give you uh, their real answer. And that real answer oftentimes uh, is, is somewhat surprising. Um, you know, what, what I would recommend for the church is get somebody who's not associated with your church, or at least somebody who is not considered leadership of the church to sit down with this group. And then uh, start, start asking some, some of the, the questions, softer questions, just to, to start hearing people's hearts. And so, you know, really there's, there's what I, what I always say, the six revealing questions that need to be asked. And, um, and I'm going to get to the answer to the question you just asked, but those, the six (laughs) revealing questions are so, and anybody who's listening can do this, like just start jotting these things down. So what brought you to the church originally, because that, that's there's no Sunday school answer to that. It's like I woke up in the middle of the night and I felt that Jesus was leading me here. Like that, no one will <laughs> over spiritualize it. It'll be, you know, what we moved in the area, we drove by the church, we saw it. So start listening to, you know, what brought them originally. Number two is what what is keeping you here now? Mm-hmm. Have you ever considered about leaving, or like, are like why why do you want to stay at this church? Uh, number three, what are you known for or what are we known for in the community? What's the church known for? What's the perception of the church? Four is, um, so do you know if, like, have you heard of other people who are leaving the church? And it's, we don't want to know their names, but but do you know why? Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, that takes them away from the the Sunday school answer and it it starts it's almost a little bit of gossiping, but we don't want their names. So we just want to, we want to hear. Number five, um, are there any barriers to visiting us? Um, that, that is it, yeah, like the stuff that we hear from that. Right. Like, um, well, you know, our services are so long and people right. don't, it's hard to invite somebody because everyone always thinks about, well, the time that I tried to invite somebody and what are the excuses that they give? Uh, and then finally, uh, if you could improve anything here at the church, what would it be? Now, that's saved to the very end because they know by that point that you're not going to be judgmental with them. Right. And that they're they're free to actually give their opinion on on things, and usually from those six things you can find out an awful lot about your your congregation. What I would suggest though is that any leadership in the church should consider anytime that they're talking to anybody in their church, even one on one or just you know after the service or meeting up with a couple. Those are all in folk, informal focus groups. Mm-hmm. So like start listening to feedback, have regular questions that you ask people on a regular basis and try to get them like when they're disarmed to, to you know, share with me. Have you ever tried to invite somebody here, you know, and go through all those, those six questions? So and what I think, have and I, I, and I, and I want to interrupt you because I, I really want to highlight that. I think that we we could we could miss a huge opportunity that that is so important. You've you've got the the organized, more formal kind of 
truly group setting of focus group. But there is also the uh, the way that I'm going to articulate what you just said is there's also the focus group mindset mm. when you go into a conversation. And I, I frequently, when I'm coaching people on public speaking and they're, and I'm saying, don't just practice some of the things we're talking about, about gestures or whatever it is. Don't just practice those the next time you're on a stage in front of 500 people. <laughs> I'm like, practice that when you're with your friends and it doesn't matter if your message lands, right? Practice these things. And I think that that idea of, of a, of a pastor or an associate pastor or a volunteer or children's ministry leader, having that focus group mindset and approach to some conversations, you really, really learn a lot. I love that. Yeah. And, and the interesting thing is just remember that focus groups are only as good as the compilation of the information. So, so sometimes people say, oh yeah, I talk to my people all the time and they're, they're always saying, and it's like, so are you, are you writing that down any place? Is, is there any, um, like if you're all doing in focal, in, in formal focus groups, that's hard to say, um, (laughs) in a staff meeting, are you, are you able to offload that information? Because the the joy of all of this all focus groups is if you're comparing internal to external audience so you're you're trying to figure out so how does you know what what are the thoughts um of the internal audience versus the thoughts of the external audience then you have to kind of do like that big venn diagram where the circles <laughs> overlap and then what are the similarities and what are the differences and and when um, everyone gets to offload from informal focus groups. Uh, what you should have is, so what are we hearing that's a regular thought? Or what are the things, like are, are most people saying, wow, if there's one thing I could change, it would be, is it the same thing? And if it is the same thing, and it's coming from multiple demographics, because that's what we like to do is when we when we conduct focus groups with churches, we want to compare between demographics. Um, what I've oftentimes found is that I don't like, there's no leading question there at all, mm-hmm. but the same stuff comes up in every church. And, and I mean, I mean, it's, it sounds so crazy, but if you neglect listening to an audience, you'll discover at the end that you have no audience. Right. Because that's what we need to do. We need to, if everyone thinks that something needs to be fixed and you ignore it, then, I mean, that's the joy of the focus group. The focus group allows things to bubble to the top so that they can be addressed. So if you're, if you're planning on not addressing anything, don't do focus groups. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And I, and I love that idea of, of making sure that you've got some system of capturing it because it's, it's really hard to act on something that you can't remember. And most of us <laughs> think true. our memory, oh yeah, I'll remember that next time we're in a meeting. Oh, I'll remember that next time I'm writing this, whatever. <laughs> it's like, we just we just don't, we're just- And it doesn't happen. And, and I know um, what, cause I'm, I'm constantly asking similar questions to, uh, you know, whether somebody is, is considering using us as an agency or, or some of our clients. And I want to hear the regular answer. And I actually, in my phone, I can just call up the note, 
called focus groups. And I have all the regular questions that I ask and I, I plot how many times I hear certain things so that I can make business decisions in the same way that churches need to be asking those similar six revealing questions so that they can hear, okay, so this is really working for us. This is the thing that brought people to us. This is the reason why they're staying with us. Mm-hmm. And, and all of those things can really help solidify what your church should be known for and how, um, how you should be tweaking and changing and improving certain things without uh, breaking some things that are really working. Moving from, from that to the group, the team, the churches, groups that you've worked with, that you've seen implement this, can you can you think of of one or two scenarios that that you've seen them actually implement this and make a change or make a decision that they might not have made if they hadn't used a focus group? Can you are there some that pop into your mind that you go, oh yeah, this church, it was crazy what happened in their community here. It was crazy what happened you know, staffing wise or whatever, based on focus groups. Yeah. So I I just did a a group of focus groups with this one church and the pastor, he just, he went on and on about how great his church was and that, you know, there probably won't be anything. Well, there'll probably be a couple of things. He mentioned a few things and every group mentioned music that that was their pain point in the, it's like, you know, it used to be good and now we got a new worship leader and now things, I, we just don't care for it. And like, I oftentimes try to like, like <laughs> when everyone wants to fall into one groove, I constantly try to lift them out of that path. And every group, like we did uh, four focus groups and all four just fell into that groove. They all wanted to talk about the worship and how that it was off. I mean, obviously that has to be fixed. I mentioned it to the pastor and he was like, well, I didn't know that they knew those problems, which (laughs) is interesting because sometimes leadership thinks, oh, well, behind the curtain, we understand that there's some issues, but oftentimes the congregation does know. Right. And, and that's what we, um, as leaders, we all have to start listening to our congregations and, and focus groups are just a great way to do that. Oh, there was another one. So okay. um, the, the one thing that everyone, uh, when they started talking about issues and things that they would change and are there any barriers, they all mentioned, you know what? We have two services here and there's not enough time between the two services. And never like... Interestingly enough, we talked to the leadership and they they all said, really, that bothers them because it bothers us, but we didn't think it was bothering anybody else. So we didn't change it. And and what I try to do in focus groups, as soon as you know, there's that one groove that everyone kind of falls into, it's like, so how would you guys solve that? And then instantly, everyone in the early service said, don't push our our service back any earlier because we we like we already think it's too early and the people in the in the second service quickly went to you know our service kind of ends a little bit late now so we don't want to get pushed too far so then it was like okay so there is no solution then and then everyone was like well 
maybe if there was just like a 15 minute and like, interestingly enough, all of their focus groups came up with the exact same solution. If there was just 15 minutes more, it would be probably a fix. And then who should, who should move? Well, maybe if you moved us 10 minutes and them five minutes, like every they everyone was just trying to figure out that sweet spot. Mm-hmm. But I tell you, I did not, I didn't even know of the issue. I didn't know of the problem, but focus groups just really, really illuminated it. And that's what we need to do. We just need to have those, those difficult uh, conversations that oftentimes will lead to a great solution. Oh, I totally, totally agree. I see. I saw that happen. I, they, I don't know that they called it focus groups, but when our church was being planted kind of the dream team or whatever, 20 plus years ago, they were, they interviewed people and I don't know how much was formal. Cause I moved here three months after my friend started the church. So I wasn't part of them, but they asked every, they asked people, give me all the reasons you don't come to church. And some people, you know, it was everything from the coffee is nasty, right? I live in Seattle. So nasty coffee, is a big deal. And, uh, or I don't feel like dressing up on Sundays, or it's too early or too late, or the music, there's nothing for my kids. And then some were like, well, I don't believe in God, I'm an atheist or whatever, you know, so, so they figured out from there, what are the non negotiables, you know, we're still going to preach Jesus, and we're still going to talk about the Bible. It's kind of an important book, you know, blah, blah, blah. But they were like, everything that is a non is a negotiable one, let's figure out if we can change. And they, they landed on one of the things that you just mentioned, which was the time thing. People, there, there was this mental block for when something ends at the top of an hour versus a little bit later. And they knew the services were going to be a little bit longer than, than an hour. And so they ended up just shifting their time to our, our two services started at 840 and 1040. So that they ended, it was like, nobody cared about what time they started, right? but they right. wanted it to end at 10 or end at noon. <laughs> and so... Well, and that's interesting. 75 minute service and then five minutes early in people's minds, you know. Yes. And it's interesting. You brought up another really good point about focus groups. Focus groups don't have to just be internal audience. Mm -hmm. So you can do, and what we, we, when we do a, a round of focus groups with churches, we oftentimes say, so here are the groups in your church that we need to talk to. If you possibly can, we would love for you to come up with a focus group of people who are not attached to your church. Hmm. We would prefer that they've never attended the church or have rarely attended the church, and they probably don't attend any other church. What we like to do is we like to to just listen to the people outside of our church, find out what the perception of the, the, the church is, that local church, find out what the perception of the big global church is, and then also find out what is there any reason why you would ever want to attend church? And that is incredibly revealing. In fact, we've, um, um, you know, some of some of the people who take information I bring back from focus groups, uh, we put it into uh, a PDF, uh, the, the 12 surprising discoveries from the unchurched. And if someone goes to our website, be known for something.com slash subscribe, that's be known for something.com slash subscribe, mm-hmm. and just fill out that form, it'll get you on our regular email list. But it w- if you underneath, it'll say conferences, 
but uh, select uh, CFX podcast, and I'll send you that PDF. It's it's 12 surprising discoveries from the unchurched that we hear on a regular basis. We compile that, similar to what we talked about early. Um, you know, we ask the same questions and we hear the same answers from most people outside of our church. We've got to figure out how do we approach church so that they will receive church the way that they want to receive church and, and that PDF will tell them. Yeah. Well, I'm no longer on a church staff and I think I need that PDF anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all do. And the thing is, is anyone who's running a company or a, or a church I mean, if you if you stop listening to your audience, you'll find you'll have no audience. Right. And especially those people who are not connected, that's that's where our growth comes from. You know, Christ told us to go and make disciples. And those people who we're supposed to go to, if we're not listening to them, similar to the way we're not listening to our congregations, we'll end up not reaching anyone. Truly. No doubt. Absolutely. Well, Mark, this has been great. Thank you so much. I mean, the, for dropping wisdom bomb after wisdom bomb. Plus, such so encouraging. I just, I, I love, I love hearing when something this practical can can make a difference. Not only in what happens inside the walls of a church, but what happens outside as well. So, super practical, super encouraging. Thanks so much. Thank you, Keith. Yeah. So if anybody wants to connect more with you, wants to find out more about this, or even explore. Um, having you come and help them set that up, how how could they best contact you? Well, and as I mentioned before, I I mean I have I've published over eight hundred magazine articles. Uh, people, I don't expect everyone to know where those are being published. Mm -hmm. So if someone goes to be known for something com slash subscribe. As we get things published from our organization, we'll send you an email with a really quick read of a summary of those, those articles. And then they'll also get the 12 surprising things from the unchurched uh, PDF. So go to be known for something.com slash subscribe, fill out that form, choose CFX podcast or else you won't get it. So CFX podcast. And, uh, and then while you're on the website, there's lots of places there that they can have a free discovery call with me because I'd love to I'd love to meet people and I'd love right. to talk to them. And then of course on social media, just look up Mark McDonald and it's MacDonald M-A-C. Right. Um, and then also <laughs> most of my my handles are Mark Mac 1023. All right. Well thank you so much, Mark. And thank you to everyone who listened to the podcast today. So please make sure to share this on your social media channels with other church ministry teams who might find this helpful and check back. Make sure you check back next month to listen on as Tim Adams, Elliot Wood, and Rodney James discuss IT and AVL integration in construction planning. So subscribe now. So make sure that you are the first one to listen. Have a great one. Bye-bye.